I have some Mitch on. These are my stories. Hi, folks. How are you? Good day today. Let me be the first to welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must note that I am not a doctor psychiatrist. If your son or daughter is diagnosed with autism, please see a physician, at least based on my experiences. I also own the rights to this music. Both music were found on soundboard.com and freesound.com. And I also have some pay for the following. I would also like to give you a thing to my man, Bran Barrett, at Farm Bureau in Bedford, Indiana. He also gave a very generous donation to help me build my podcast and business. Visit him there today for all your insurance needs. Please check out Cast for Kids as well. Brand and his wife run this fishing charity have helped many kids over the years. And I get given a wagon wheel. Welcome our new sponsor, Wagon Wheel, in Bloomington, Indiana. They are your local shop, steakhouse, and caterer. They have the largest variety of made in-house products that will find in southern Indiana, along with their house-made deli side dishes and salads and lunch meats as well. They make eight different flavors of marinades. And guess what, people? They also have DoorDash now, so that's kind of cool. And I gave them to Steve Miller and Angel Shear. These two have been behind me 100%. Check out Stephen Miller Tax Service today in Bloomington, Indiana. I know taxi is over, but there are late filings too. The tax service will take care of you, so call them today. And I gave them to Patty Daner. I want to tell you something about, very cool about my friend Patty Daner, editor of the Green County Daily World newspaper in Green County, Indiana. Her art, prismatic juxtaposition, an exhalation of color and light by Patty Daner and Eric Wolf. Two friends and abstract artists showing their own works as well as collaborative pieces which blend to two styles. The show will run through the month of June at the Carnegie Heritage and Art Center in Linton, Indiana. Good luck, Patty. We love you. But there are also some people I'd like to thank. I'd like to thank a networking event. We met a very special man named Charles Johnson, the homeless poet. Mr. Johnson not only has a 23-year-old son with autism, but just by talking for a few minutes, we could tell he has overcome much in his life. And it's very inspirational. Please check out his book on Amazon.com called Are You Okay? I got mine the other day, and the idea for the book comes from a memorable conversation he had with a person that really listened to him. They told him he should write a book, so he did. This is a book of poetry, and I highly recommend that you read it. Mr. Johnson is also an artist and sells his prints. Check out his Facebook page called The Homeless Poet. Lastly, Mr. Johnson told us that he is a Christian life coach and helps people with time management, we are excited to receive his prints. He is saying us and to see where the collaboration goes. Check out our new friend. And during that same networking event, I met another young man named Carl Elson. Check out his business website at ltraingraphics.com. He can put together any type of video that you would like. We will be working with him in the near future for a small project. And then a documentary of my journey will be coming out later. And recently, I had a graduation party. And I want to thank for the following people for making it. My parents working their tail off to make the day perfect. My grandparents, Beth and Mark Robinson, our family friend, Jenny Lake, for everything you did to help out that day of that party. Thank you, Morgan Gray, soon to be Morgan Freeman when she marries her fiance, Adam Freeman, for paying my awesome graduation boards for me. I want to also give a shout out to her fiance, Adam Freeman. He is my WWE buddy and really supports my podcast. He is one awesome guy. And thank you to Kim Gunther for making my awesome cupcakes and cookies. And recently is on the Brady Bunch of Autism with Nava and Matt Asner, and they are really wonderful people. And the work they are doing at the Ed Asner Education Center is incredible. Check out their podcast. And a big thank you to Sarah Tomko and C141 Meet Suzanne and asked us, apprentices Sarah Tomko, for more information on that. But she's an actress on hit series Sneaky Pete and Resident Alien. And she is my last guest. And she is really an awesome person who truly, and I mean truly, cares about mental health. And I recently got some amazing public speaking advice from a man named Frank King. You should really check out his work. He has done six TED Talks was a writer for The Tonight Show for 20 years, is a corporate comedian, syndicated humor columnist, and podcast personality who was featured on CNN's Business Unusual and is a sought-after keynote speaker. He has helped me a lot as I'm trying to break into public speaking world. Remember, hit me up for any speaking engagements to help me tell my story. 
And as always, thank you so much, Christian Walker, for the Mental Health Mayor Network for making the connections for me. And recently, I have spoke at the Bloomfield Chamber of Commerce, and I want to give a big thank you to Matthew Montgomery for inviting me to speak. I also got to speak to Becky Nicholas from the Bloomfield and Johnson Mitch. Becky is just a very sweet lady and a big supporter of what I do. And John was able to give you some excellent connections. Thanks again. And I want to encourage everyone of my local people to visit our local library in Little Cincinnati and Indiana. This is often an overlooked gem in our community for all you book fans out there and for all you readers. Make sure to check it out. Now, folks, before we get started, we got to hear about CPA tax service, but we'll be right back. Stephen R. Miller, CPA in Bloomington, Indiana, will take the stress out of your tax preparation and filing. With over 35 years of experience, he is knowledgeable, friendly, and will help you reach your goals of minimizing your taxes without having to spend days reading through dry, technical, and difficult materials. Mr. Miller will prepare your forms and meet with you prior to filing to make sure that you know what to do and when to do it. Stephen Miller and assistant Angel Shearer will make sure your tax prep is easy. See them today at 205 North College Avenue in Bloomington, Indiana. Tax season is right now and not around the corner. Call Stephen Angel at 812-332-0557 or email at stmillercpa at gmail.com. Do it now and don't wait until the last minute to do your taxes. All right, folks, they were back. And yes, please make sure to check them out if you need help with your taxes. Now today, we got a special guest as well. We actually have my best friend who has been my best friend for, gosh, over at least 16 years. We've been through a lot together, but yet he is also an inspiration as well. He has spina bifida and is in a wheelchair bound, but that does not stop him from overcoming many obstacles and living life to his greatest. Welcome, Bub, and how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, man? I'm fine. Do you have any opening remarks before we get started? Yeah. It's about time you got me on here. <laughs> I know. I, I was waiting for the right time, but oh, well, just other people came after you, buddy. But hey, at least better than late than never, right? All right. So my first question to you is, what does having an autistic friend mean to you? What does that mean to me? I feel like, I know this might sound a little crazy, but in my opinion, it doesn't really have a big important meaning to me at all because anybody with autism is exactly the same as anybody else who doesn't have autism. So I guess I never really considered it a huge deal or anything like that. I don't look at disabilities and judge people by that. I like to look at the heart and see what's inside there. And that's what I consider who my friend is and who's not. So having a friend with autism, I never really thought of that as being a big deal because I always considered everyone equally. Yeah, sure. Now, granted, I mean, I know you well enough. You don't judge people. And I mean, I don't judge people, which is, I think, what brings us together. What were your, like, initial thoughts when I told you that I had autism? I can't remember when you told me you had autism. Um, a long back ago. I knew you had autism at a very, very young age. And of course, I've grown up with autism. Anyway, I don't have autism, but I know someone else who also has autism. So I guess I was already used to it at that point. So where I kind of had a basic understanding of what it was. I would say I tried to treat not only you, but everybody I know who has autism as if they were someone who didn't have autism. I would want to treat everybody equally. You give them respect, basically as much mm -hmm. as can because i think we've been through enough to have at least one person treat us with respect i think you know autistic people's brain operate extremely different so how do you think my brain or an autistic brain operates uh, you personally you're crazy no kidding <laughs> i mean you're not wrong okay let's get away from me what about an autistic brain as a whole because they think differently but what's an analogy you could see us thinking like i feel like it depends on the person because there can be someone with autism who has the thinking process that is really slow, but there can also be someone with autism who has a thinking process that's really fast. 
So I feel like it really depends on the person and how well they've grown with their autism and what they do to process their day-to-day life. Yeah, because one person can be actually a slow thinker. The other, like, boom, is a fast thinker. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on the topic. Because I think you know me well, and I think both of us, we don't do math the best, honestly. I'm a slow guy with math. I'm very slow with math. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to English, boom, like, my mind's on it. When it comes to this, my mind's on it. You know, like, it's just like whenever it is, we're swirling around the tornado of our thinking process because of us getting it. It's not like the bad tornado that causes damage. It's kind of like a good tornado that can repair stuff in a way. I know tornadoes don't do that, granted. Now, give me a little, like, a fun fact about you. What's something I do not know about you? Something you do not know about me. That's hard. And I know because we know each other for a very long time. Did you know I'm a believer in Bigfoot? Yes, I knew that. Okay. Here's one. When I was a kid, before I decided I wanted to become a film director, one of the things that I wanted to go into a career was a storm chaser. I wanted to chase tornadoes. Oh, I didn't know this about you. Well, let me ask you, what got you into storm chasing, buddy? Or what made you want to do that? I don't know. I always thought it was cool. And I always thought tornadoes looked really cool, even though they're dangerous. And I would not recommend going up to one. Uh, I don't think anyone would, bub. No. I don't know. I just always admired the people who always are taking out cameras and chasing the storms because to tell you the truth, I don't know why people would want to do that in their life because we all know how dangerous tornadoes are and different storms are. Like if you do some one thing wrong, you're dead. And so it's always made me wonder why do people want to risk their lives like nobody's making them do it. So why would they want to risk their lives and do something like that? So I guess that's what always drew me close to it. And where I was always thinking, well, hey, there must be something special that somebody else is seeing that I'm not. So yeah, I could see that. There's something special about Tornado that no one else sees, but yet you do. And that's some kind of with autism, maybe in a way, you know, I see something special with media that you may not see in a way. I mean, I know you try and do film, but here's the deal, buddy. And I think about doing production as well. This to me means something special because Media saved my life in so many ways. That's for a whole nother episode in a way, (laughs) but it saved me so much trouble in my life. And I'm so grateful for that. But media and the music that I produce, I mean, it it helps me so much. Your sounds that I'm going to produce for you, that's so valuable to me because I wouldn't have thought of that. And it's so creative with your other stuff and other interests. It's probably personal to you for other reasons. Mm -hmm. With my plan going into filming and production, becoming a film director, obviously there's something that I see in film directing that you don't see. And with you doing your podcast, you see something in the podcast that I don't see. Don't get me wrong. I love doing podcasts, but there's definitely something about it that has drawn you into it more than me. And the same thing with filming for me, it's obviously something that has drawn me to filming more than it's drawn you. So I agree with that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to like spit out. And this is why I love you so much because we think a lot alike. Even though we have like different beliefs and we are somewhat different, we're alike. Because I always joke around with people and I say, we're a lot alike, but yet different. It would be boring if we were the same. <laughs> oh, it would be. But I mean like just us two because we think a lot alike. Like we, I think we have the same personality. Even though we have different beliefs and different interests, That personality that we have together, holy crap. I mean, we have the same humor, I think, sometimes. Same ideas in life, same creative ideas. And I like the fact that maybe we're both problem solvers in a way. Has being my friend or having relation to autism changed you in any way? Like, have you seen, have you looked at the world a little differently since you've seen autism? 
with your disability, maybe? I mean, how do you see the world, I guess, is a way to get there? Well, I feel like I wouldn't say autism has changed my view, but I would say it's definitely part of what changed my view. What do you mean by that? I don't understand. So with me growing up with a disability, that is definitely the one thing that changed my worldview. I know there's a lot of people out there who have disabilities that are always in the attitude where like, oh, woe is me. I've got it bad. You know, you know, that kind of type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like, oh, why? Darn it. Like, and I hate those type of people personally. And it's not because I'm like, well, you have a disability. Get over it. No, I'm not like that. It's like, okay, yes, you have these challenges, but what can you do? Let's look on the bright side. I don't try and look at the negative side because if you just focus on the negative side, they outweigh your positive stuff. And if you can't see the positive stuff, then that's what gets you in the attitude. And don't get me wrong, if you look at it a certain way, everybody has disabilities because not everybody can do math as good as another guy. Like being in a wheelchair, I can't get out on a football field and, you know, do touchdowns. But I can, I could probably do track really good. Yeah, you could do track. What, dude? Why don't you join the track team at school? You should have done that. I'm not interested in track. Gotcha. But hey, I, I could see you being a good runner. If I could run. Yeah. Well, not was I mean, man was meant to make fun of you, but I know. I, I was continuing. Oh, got it. Now I think I've ruined it. But oh well. It was worth a shot. How do you like cooperate with a man who who has autism? What are like. We're not on like an anxiety attack, like because you see me anxious before, you know, like I'm like, oh, buddy, here we go. Or you see me like really mad and like, and I'm being like blunt, but in honesty, I'm just being honest and telling the truth. How do you like handle that? How do you try to step in and help me or help someone else with autism who's having those, I guess you'd say, autistic moments? Hmm. Well, I like to say I'm a firm believer in saying things how it is. So like when I'm in that situation where someone with autism is going into their it have their moments like definitely with you as I've seen you when you're anxious moments I don't try and like sugarcoat things because I don't want to make things seem as easy as it is because I know from what I've seen from you and tell me if I'm wrong what I've seen from you when you get anxious about something I usually know that whatever you're getting anxious about is not really that good yeah you're right I mean I get anxious about like petty stuff sometimes, but there's other solutions. Here's when I get really big anxious and you may not know this and you may know this when it's something valuable to me. That's the biggest problem I have Because right now. If I told me, okay, Sam, you pass this government test or you're going to fail government class. I'm like, oh, buddy, this is not going to be good. I'm going to be stressing. I'm going to shut down. Oh, bud. So that way you're going at. Yeah, I'm going to use that government test that you use an example as another example. So like in a situation like that, where you come up to me and you're like, oh, BJ, this government test is going to kill me. If I don't pass this, I'm I'm going to fail this grade. My response to that would be just study and just try. So for me, going back to where I try to treat everyone equally, I feel like in situations like that are no exception. I just want to help everybody fairly as I can and for you with someone with autism with me having a disability I've always wanted everybody to treat me as if I didn't have a disability and I always think that well if I want to be treated a certain way I should treat everyone else a certain way so that's how I try to treat people with not only autism but other disabilities as well I try to treat them as if they don't have the disability and they're as just like everybody else I try to give them the same chance that I would a perfectly capable person. Boom, exactly. And I don't treat you like any different than the others. I mean, I get when you have your medical moments because I know you never told me about them. And I, but here's the deal, bub. I know you for 18 years. I know the cues. Like mm-hmm. I know the sounds. I'm like, oh, here we go. And I'm like, all right, go. 
because that's me. I'm like, go get your crap done. I understand you're having a really bad medical problem right now, but just go get it done. Come back and we'll forget it ever happened. Because you can do that in your case. And Liam, when your body gets sick, I mean, I used to be at like, God dang it, B, you got sick again. Eh, you know, I'm, I was used to be like that. And I'm not as bad as I am because I get your body isn't the best health sometimes. So, but I'm gonna try to get as, I'm not as mad as that anymore because I get it because I've been sicker than a dog too. And I'm thinking, but wait a minute, you know, he's has a fever. He's got to stay home like everyone else. So that's where I get it. Well, too, I'm missing some of my internal organs. So you can't beat me in the sick department. Now, is there anything that I have taught you with having autism? You taught me that people with autism are people too. They just got a different mindset. And I feel like people like to look at not just autism, but disabilities in a more overall sense. I feel like they try to look at it and think, okay, yeah, they're on a lower level than everybody else who doesn't have that disability or doesn't have autism, who doesn't have spina bifida, who doesn't have Asperger's. They try to think of us as like on a lower level. And I feel like somebody like you has proven that no, people with disabilities, we're not on a lower level from anybody else. We're on the same level. And in some cases, we could be the smartest man in the room. We can be the most capable man in the room when it comes to a specific situation. So I feel like autism has taught me, okay, no, even though science is trying to tell us there is a difference, there is not a difference between people. Does that make sense? Exactly, because we'll be honest here. I mean, you know, have you ever thought this too, though? We could have higher abilities because of our autism. You know, I think, and you could probably have high abilities because of your spina bifida. I mean, this is going to sound kind of corny, but you have the power to run over my foot. And even though it makes me mad, you could use that self-defense, honestly. Call me super. I will. But you have the power to use that wheelchair as kind of like an idea, like for self-defense. And I don't have that power. But you know you know what I have the power to do? Make a podcast. Be more determined than others. Set my mind to the right goals. And you have the power to do many other talents because just because of your wheelchair, I've seen some of your movies. I've thought, holy crap. You know, I can never do that. You know, I do a lot of audio and I do a lot of podcasting, but I can never write a movie without struggling. You do like it's a piece of cake, man. Like the super movie man. Thanks. That's your nickname, movie man. Yes. What do you like about that? About what? Your nickname, movie man. Finally, a good nickname that I like. (laughs) Yes, sir. Do you like that one or no? Because now I'll trash it. Oh, no, I love movie man. All right. You can call me. I guess we can do autism rocks and rolls for me, too. You got movie man, autism rocks and rolls. Yes. Works perfectly, I think. Now, at the end of the day, I, I call this the critique question because I always use with my valuable people. I always tell them what I think of them because of the honesty and bluntness. And C102, honesty versus blunt, for more information on it. But this is my opinion of you. You're one of the nicest guys. And I think that your biggest trait that I like about you is you're a considerate man. You're very considerate. You make sure people are okay in every situation or all right. You make sure that you're not a judgy guy. You're inclusive. You're all the good traits that make me attracted to you due to your inclusiveness and due to your engagement. But I'm not going to lie to you. I got to say, buddy, you have the biggest, hardest head I ever met, which means you're stubborn. You are probably one of the most stubborn people I ever met. I'll be honest. And I don't know why you are, but you're stubborn. I'm not going to lie. So why you like that? I don't like people telling me I'm wrong when I know I'm right. When I know that there's something right, I can be that kind of person where I'm like, I know this is right. And nobody's going to tell me this is wrong. So we're going to do it this way and only this way. And anybody who thinks that we can't do it this way can get out. Boom. And, you know, you know, I'm not trying to make any comparisons, but and my dad probably okay. That's exactly my father. If you look at one one thirteen father and son chat, he doesn't like to argue, but it kind of reminds me of the fact he doesn't like to argue. And he says, 
Well, just because I'm right doesn't mean you're right. And there's no point of arguments. And that's kind of another big thing with autism is we like to think we're right and we should do it our way, which is my way, the highway and C-103, my way, the highway. But we got to stand. We got to meet in the middle half the time. And believe me, it's not easy sometimes because how are we going to meet in the middle when that part of that way is not the correct way sometimes? Yeah, it's easier to say you're going to meet in the middle than actually meeting in the middle. And it, it's not the hardest thing. You can't, sometimes it's hard to cut the cake in half because one side's being like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're like, no, not the right way. If we do this, it's going to go bad. And because I think sometimes we're time travelers, I think, oh, here we go. Now that I described you, other than a complete moron half the time, how would you describe me? Hmm. Well, just a complete moron. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Sam, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding I know you. you are. I know. All right. I got to say you're talented. I got to say, I'm going to have to explain this point. You're not bound to your autism. What I mean by not bound to your autism, you don't let that define you. You're not just that guy with autism. Got it. I'm not the guy with just autism. Now, what about my determination? Would you say that's a trait of me? That goes with how you're not bound with autism. Like I said, you're not just that random dude in the corner with autism. You are Sam Mitchell. You are the determined. You are the kind-hearted. You are the talented. And you are one of the nicest persons in the room who happens to have autism. Exactly. Because here's my thing, too. With I was trying to go with determ determination because I think you can agree with me. One of my traits is when I say I'm going to do something, what happens typically, bub? You usually do it. I'm yeah, because I'm not wrong. When I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And trust me, no one's going to stop me. And there's a reason for that. I wait in the corner for too long. Like, I've been pushed around enough. People have been excluded to me. They said, no, you ain't. No, you ain't. Well, I thought, well, then you know what? If you're not going to find time for me, I'm going to find the time for myself and make my opportunities. We're on the rise, Sam. Yes, we're on the rise. We're going to the top. We're trying to make our destinies and maybe build our Jenga blocks up. And I don't mean... Literally, but metaphorically. Mm -hmm. Let's just hope that Jing Jinga doesn't knock us down. I think the biggest problem with that is a lot of times in life, nobody pushes the Jenga blocks over from anybody else. They usually cause it themselves. And like you see in a lot of the controversies with politics and Hollywood stars, all these people, they're, they're just making simple mistakes. And that is causing their entire ladder that they're using to climb to the top to just collapse on them. And all the years they spent working their way up has just been wasted. So while it is hard in life to climb up and actually reach and stay at the top, a lot of the times it's not really because somebody pushed the tower for them. They pushed it themselves. Bingo. They pushed it for themselves. And they're the ones who made the mistake. And unfortunately, we have a tendency to blame others. And that's what I kind of like with that honesty. It always comes back to me because I'm the guy to admit. I'll admit my mistake. Like I'm the guy. Like, I always tell the truth. If I say... Yeah, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Then, I, then I'll come forward. I'll step up and take my sentence. That's what I love about that autism with me is I'm always the straight up forward guy. Now, what would you say to be the most rewarding and most difficult thing about having a friend with autism? The most rewarding thing, I have a friend. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Actually, no. The most rewarding thing is that you are the friend. Now, what's the difficult, buddy? Most difficult part is with me not having autism and you having autism, our brains definitely work different. And I guess I'm that kind of guy where it's like, if your mind is already behind the situation or even ahead of the situation from where I am, that's where disagreements can come from. And I try to look past that and I, I try to use my example to how I should treat others with autism because you and me at this point, even though our minds work differently, we're still on the same pace usually. Oh yeah, that comes back to that phrase, a lot alike, 
yet different. I mean, you, like I said, those beliefs that you had, those interests, I can never do. I mean, that's not who I am, but I still applaud you for having them. I always have, man. I mean that sincerely. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We got to do another advertisement, and you're going to hear about Wellspring Paint Solutions. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Glasscott from the Glass in the Afternoon radio program on News Sports Talk 98.7 and AM 1370 and WGCLradio.com. And on behalf of Wellspring Pain Solutions, they're happy to partner with Sam Mitchell and the Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast. Wellspring Pain Solutions applauds Sam's mission statement to eliminate the stigma associated with autism. Here's what we want you to do. Check out the website wellspringpainsolutions.com. You'll find out which of the four locations is closest to you. You'll get a chance to meet their team of providers and all the services offered at Wellspring. When you're there, now the fun really begins. You'll find the link to Sam's website where you'll find all his podcasts, background information on his guests, as well as all the merch in his merchandise store. You'll be amazed. You'll have fun. You'll enjoy it. All we ask you to do is take a listen and spread the word that autism rocks and rolls. All right, folks, and we're back. I don't want you to be too nervous to meet these fine people. Now, B, I do have some spina bifida questions. So I've heard a little bit about spina bifida. I've gained knowledge about it through you. But can you actually describe our viewers what spina bifida is? Or our listeners, excuse me. Yeah, sure. Spina bifida, it's actually a really complicated thing that even a lot of scientists have a, a really hard time describing. So I'm going to describe it the best I can. I have one of the most serious and craziest cases of spina bifida that's known to man. Pretty much where when I was born, my spine was pretty much if you took two softballs and put them together. All right. That's kind of interesting. And I've seen pictures of your spine, like through x-rays and stuff. You showed me that picture once at school. And then we made a little joke about it, obviously. But it was also like really interesting to see because, you know, I mean, you say your spine's kind of like a tornado once upon a time. How do you mean? Like, is the vertebrae to the left? Is the vertebrae to the right? So technically, I only, I barely have a spine, technically. My spine is not straight whatsoever. I call it, I like to compare it to the tornado from the Wizard of Oz because it looks like a tornado as it twirls. But if you straightened it up, it would barely be half a spine. Dang. And yet you're still doing it, man. You still are. That spine does not get you down. It does no. not. So what does having a spine of bifida mean to you? Well, my honest answer? I always do, man. You know, I am one honest. I don't think much of it, actually. I feel like if I think too much about me having spina bifida, I would not be doing a lot of the things that I want to do in life. I feel like a lot of people, when they have disabilities and they caught up too much in it, that is what brings them down. And I try to, I don't try to ignore it because I still acknowledge that I have it. It's just, I don't let that define who I am. And I help use my faith as well to push me past from thinking, oh, wow, woe is me, you know, that attitude. Yeah. Because here's the deal, dude. I've seen you overcome certain obstacles. And I'll tell you a little story, actually. If you remember a while back, you at the senior cookout. We went up that hill and I asked, uh, quick question. How am I going to get him up there? And at first, I thought you were not going to be able to get up there. I really didn't. Like, I'll be an honest person with you. But B, you proved me wrong. You went up that hill. And I was really surprised because I didn't think you were going to get up that hill because of the steep and how, because of the elevation, how stuck you could easily get. But... They helped you. You just need those. You just need some assistance in life, in my opinion. Yeah. And everybody needs assistance, actually. Oh, yeah, always. And that that didn't bother me. I was impressed that you got off that hill. Yeah. I was impressed, too, to tell you the truth. I mean, I was really impressed. Like, I was like, whoa. Like, because it didn't stop you. The spina bifida did not stop from going up that hill. What were your initial thoughts when you learned about your spina bifida and when you were going to basically have one leg for the rest of your life? 
Well, I barely lived life with two legs. I think I lost my leg before I was a year old. So I don't even remember the time when I first had it. So I guess it's always just been part of me. Gotcha. I, I can see that. Now, what can I ask you? Other than, I don't want to like embarrass you. And that's not my goal. But for our listeners, other than walking, can you list some of your challenges that you have to overcome with one leg, if you don't mind? Well, walking, that's one. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And it's really hard for me to go against my arch nemesis. Who will that be? Stairs. Stairs is your arch enemy? Sam, if I ever become president of the United States, I am banning stairs. Got it. I, I think all of us need, don't need stairs sometimes. I think I lose my legs at the time when I'm walking up the stairs. No pun intended, but. Yeah, except mine's more literal. Yeah, gotcha. Now, but why are the stairs hard for you? I, I didn't know that about you. Why are stairs hard, man? Take one good look at me and you'll know why they're hard. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out, man. But I, I really can't. Like, I get like, because I see you crawl the, the stairs at your house. Is that going down hard too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you build up more strength and as you get older, it becomes a lot harder for you. Just because you're hurting your muscles when usually I built my strength up so good when I use my arms to go up and down stairs. And for one thing, I can't do that in public buildings. And two, as you get older and as you built up more, it just puts more strain on your muscles just because they're getting older. Oh, I understand now. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Because I see you crawl down thinking, B, you crawled down the stairs before. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. One of the biggest things is that I can't do that in public buildings. So that's why you don't see me doing that very often in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I miss men at home. I was thinking, uh, buddy. I'm going to look uh, okay. at information again. <laughs> and that's fine. I was just, just a little, just a little laugh. Now, what would you say be like the most enjoyable thing and the most challenging thing about having spina bifida? I, I guess I'd have to say the most challenging thing is like keeping up with everybody else metaphorically, because even though I, I'm in a wheelchair, you might think that I'm super fast, but actually I'm a little slower. just because a lot of the models of wheelchairs that they make nowadays, which is not me complaining at all. It's just with me having to like use elevators and going down halls. And that's why I don't really keep up with a lot of people. I got you. But here's what I admire about that. You got your own pace. You really do, bub. I've seen your life. Like you're like, I'm going at my own pace. You know, I don't give a crap what the teachers say. I don't give a crap what my parents say. I'm going at my own pace. And I admire that. I feel like that is the most enjoyable thing actually too, is I can actually go at my own pace. And well, obviously I still adhere to the deadlines and all that, but at least I don't have to, I don't have to rush. What? I was trying to help you out and say, stay on track or rush is good too. Now our school that we go to Eastern, I mean, Eastern has its own problems, but it's good with special needs. I would never dismantle that. But if another student's having difficult with going to a school who probably doesn't accommodate spina bifida well, how can they accommodate to spina bifida? Well, it depends because every all types of spina bifida are different. It's like not everybody with spina bifida is in a wheelchair. Okay. Let's say the wheelchair bound. How can they accommodate to it? Well, I would feel like less stairs, more ramps and all that. Because when you're in a wheelchair, you can't sit at a regular student desk. Like you see me, I'm always at those tables and stuff. So I would definitely say a lot more of that. But um, I feel like with people with spina bifida who aren't in wheelchairs, definitely one of the biggest things I have, we all have in common, whether in wheelchairs or not, are back gives us a lot more trouble than it should. And that's just because how our spine is worked. So definitely better accommodations to support the back, especially because when you get back pain, when someone with spina bifida gets back pains, holy cow, it feels like we're driving a hot knife through us. What are the accommodations they could give us? Like, like a massager, like a back massage? Like, what could they give us? No, not that. Um, definitely say better chairs. 
that just helps keep the back in a certain position, but also gives it enough room to stretch out. Do you mean like chairs, like you put a pillow behind it, or do you mean like what type of chairs, like wheelie chairs or? I don't know what kind of chairs, really. Ah. I guess any chair that would help support the back, back, different ones. Okay. And that could be a new thing, B. You could be an inventor of that. Spina bifida chairs. Spina chairs. Spina chairs. Boom, that's a genius, B. You got to invent that, bro. Or Biffa chairs? No, Biffa chairs isn't a good name. I like Spina chairs. That seems more catchy. Yo, that's your new invention, B. Spina chairs. Go for it. I'm becoming a millionaire. You are going to become a millionaire with that invention. I bet a hundred bucks you would. Now, I want to talk about your surgery as well, because B, I know you've been through a lot of surgeries. How much can you tell? Can you tell our listeners how much? I've had 17 surgeries, and I think I'll be having another procedure on Thursday. Yeah, a lot more probably to come. But what would you say be the most difficult surgery you've ever went through? Oh, okay. Hands down. The biggest one is where I almost died. Which one was that? So having a few years ago, I can't remember the exact year, Okay, that's but fine. I remember the exact day. My family and I, we have this like huge joke going on where we never go out and eat for New Year's Eve or anything like that. And I'll tell you why, because the first year we finally did something special on New Year's Eve. We go to a restaurant and we're all sitting down. All of a sudden I had severe pain. So I go to the doctor. My doctor's like, oh, crap, you got to get him to the hospital now. So we get up there and we learned that my intestines, like my lower and large intestines, they had wrapped each other around themselves and they were cutting off my circulation from the rest of my body and it was killing me. How'd you live Uh, through it? Well, the doctor had to get in and do something immediately. Like he couldn't waste time on this. Uh, What do they have to do? I don't know. I wasn't awake for that. I'm glad you probably weren't. I bet that was scary, buddy. I wouldn't wish that pain on my worst enemy. I bet. I wouldn't wish that pain for you. Who was probably your biggest helper who helped you? Because you talked to me about that. Uh, definitely my I would definitely say so, too. Now, B, we got to meet yourself again, buddy, because we have one more ad. You're going to hear about Perfection Autoglass. Perfection Autoglass is the largest independent autoglass company in the state of Indiana, serving Bloomington, Fishers, Terre Haute, Greenwood, Anderson, and Muncie. They specialize in all aspects of autoglass repair and replacement on everything from domestic and import vehicles, RVs, heavy trucks, and equipment repairing glass, outside mirrors, windows, regulators, and motors. Perfection Autoglass has trained and certified technicians that calibrate the camera attached to your windshield to ensure your lane departure warning and ADS safety features are working properly. Their staff has more than 100 years of combined experience and uses only uses the highest quality glass and sealants in the industry. If your windshield or windows are damaged in any way, just have them replace it or repair it as soon as possible for the safety of you and your loved ones. They offer both in-shop and mobile services as well as same-day service. Perfection Autoglass works directly with all insurance companies and their staff is committed to the highest level of quality service and attention to details that customers have come to expect. They understand that getting your vehicle back on the road as soon as possible is important to you. You can visit them online at perfectionautoglassindiana.com to learn more about their services and for a free quote, which I think is kind of cool, by the way, may I add. But anyway, please call Perfection Autoglass for any and all your autoglass needs. All right, folks, they're back and make sure to check them out because they are perfect. So, B, I do have some questions about, I was, I also do, I did a little bit of research on you as well. You know, I know you a lot. Me, I see. I am now. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to talk to you about your YouTube channel. So let me just ask, what inspired you to start a YouTube channel? And can you give us a preview of it, my friend? 
Well, say I have two best friends. So you are my one best friend. Yeah. Last thing I have to say three best friends. Jesus is my number one best friend. And she's also my Lord and Savior. You are definitely my best friend as well, Sam. But I have a third best friend named CT, and he has like a YouTube channel, and that inspired me to get on YouTube and do stuff. My YouTube channel is nothing that special. I just talk about random things. Uh, I only have like 10 subscribers. I've been on there for a year. There's nothing really fancy about it because I don't do video editing yet. I've been looking into stuff like that. But it's mostly just me turning on a camera and talking to the camera for like five minutes or something. Hey, Bubba, just FYI, you can make that 11 subscribers because after this, I'm going to go subscribe. Thank you. It's about time. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, for some reason, let me subscribe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure it out today. Now, your YouTube channel, you say you don't talk about much, but you're not into video editing. But I did get you interested in the Thundercast and the Green Room, which is going to come out soon. So and podcasting and media club. So let me ask you, because that's your both podcasters. What do you find fascinating about podcasts? Oh, yeah. I love podcasting because it taught me a lot of what I need to do for when I get into filming. Now, you might think podcasting and movie directing are two different things. Well, yes, you're right. They are technically two different things. They actually have a lot more in common than you might think if you look at it with first glance. And I feel like because there's a lot of work going into it, like, don't get me wrong. I love the podcasting. I love the talking and editing. I love all that. But definitely what Scott Carmichael, who is the head over Thundercast and Green Room, definitely what he taught us both from the get-go, it's a lot of work. And there's nothing wrong with that because all the good things require a lot of work. But And I guess that's what I love about it most is I get to work at it and I get to learn as I go. It's not just me completing something. It's me learning how to do something. Sure. And I can see that. And that's the one reason why I said you should check it out because it was kind of funny how listeners he got into it because I told him about it. I thought you should really try this man you know I think if you want to be a film director this could help you I don't know for sure but I wasn't trying to like be pushy I mean I try to persuade you to do it because I thought this is a good opportunity for you this is you want to go the film directing boom here you go and at first he didn't believe me and he couldn't make it due to medical issues but the second time you came B I knew from the moment you walked in that room you fell in love I, was I not right? Oh, yeah, you were right. Oh, I was right. You fell in love with that. And the more I think of it, we're both connected to Scott because he's done a lot for both of us separately. So let me ask you, what has Scott done for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Scott, he's inspired me to be myself and express myself. I always try and be creative with whatever I do, whether it's writing a movie script or drawing or whatever I'm doing. He always inspires me to do something that's creative and it's got my fingerprints all over it. If you remember the Thundercast episode that we did, it was the Christmas special where I wrote the script for A Christmas Carol. Yeah, that was that was good because I came up with the original, the first one, the Christmas special, where we interviewed just Miss Mitchell, who's my mother and an English teacher at our school, but also a Riley's kid's dad. And that was a good one, but I liked yours a lot better. I checked it out. It was really good. Yeah, because the first one was mostly your idea. I just helped out. But I remember Scott, he wanted us to do something different. And like I like the formula that we do with Thundercast, but I was with him. I wanted to do something different as well. So like a scripted episode, a scripted Christmas special, I felt was an amazing idea. But probably the hardest part about it was writing the script and trying to get the story in because unlike a movie or a TV show, you can't see what's going on in a podcast. You're only listening to the voices. So unlike in a movie where you can look at what's going on in a podcast, you have to pay attention to what the characters are saying to understand what's going on. So that was definitely the hardest part 
for me when I was writing that script, but I felt like it turned out pretty good. And you know, the more I think of it, I admire your video editing skills because B, I could never do it. And I think it's because of autism, the more I learn myself. And here's why. I'm not using that excuse. It's just the truth. There's so much going on in that. I mean, there's like your basics, but then there's more tools you use that you can and you may have to use. I'm like, whoa, that's too overload. So that's why I like to stuck to audio because it's basic but there's simple buttons and not too much going on. And let me ask you this too. What would you say be the most difficult part about Media Club? Because I know you love it, but there has to be some challenging aspects to it. Uh, I definitely say the scheduling and getting people because a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of the episodes that I did for Thundercast were actually rescheduled because something would always get in the way. And it'd be like nobody's fault or anything like that. Nobody was to blame. It's just things happen in life. And I really like that about Scott as well because you see it a lot in the movie industry there's a lot of delays and people instantly take delays as oh crap this movie's not doing too hot and a lot of times delays are good and i feel like a lot of the delays that happened in my episode were actually for the greater good as well because it gave me a lot more time to make it the best i could make it yeah and we need to actually be out here we need to give a shout out to someone because we can give a shout out to aaron because he, he worked with him and it was good working with him yeah, Aaron. We wouldn't be anywhere without Aaron. Oh, He's our, no. senior, our main video editor. He was amazing. Oh, he was. He could probably edit better than I could. He, I, I got to edit better than me. Yeah, that I like working with him. He was cool. And we need to get on to the other ones. Josie and Chloe. Josie was cool to work with. She was starting, but I can't wait to see what she does with Thundercast the future. And Chloe helped us out, too. I mean, when she did that March, I know you weren't there due to you being sick, but gosh, I wish you could have seen that, man. That was a good premiere. Yeah, I was really kicking myself for missing that. Oh, it's okay. Stuff happens like you said. Now, the green room, that was a good idea. So, B, let me ask you something. Where the heck did the inspiration come from with the green room? Because, B, that was a genius idea. Like, I still, I wouldn't have thought of that. Well, I looked at a lot of different shows. Have you heard of Saturday Night Live? Yeah, I've heard of it. Have you heard of Ad? That used to be my, one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. Have you heard of Robot Chicken? I have not heard of Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken's pretty much mad, but for adult audience. So I, I looked at all these different comedy sketches or shows, and I thought, huh, that'd be really interesting for a podcast if we did something that's not as, like, out there as, like, Saturday Night Live or Robot Chicken, but it's not as childish as Matt is, and we could find a good middle ground for that. So that was the big inspiration for Green Room. I could see that. That was, And it was a good idea. Like, I'm still, like, blown over it. Like, B... You impressed me a lot, and I'll be honest, you have with the hill and stuff, but that was another time you impressed me, like, whoa, Nelly. Like, I'll admit it. Now, I got another question Thank for you. you. Your character on there, Bruce, the one where he's just being all non-topic, going off topic, does he resemble you, you think, in any way? I'd say the personality-wise, a little bit, like, in real life, I don't try to interrupt very few people. No, I failed that a few times. I try, but I tried to let the other person whoever I'm talking to speak and get all of what they want to say out before I chime in. In that aspect, I guess Bruce doesn't really, but I feel like humor-wise and personality other than the talking part, I feel like he kind of does because I'm that kind of guy I can ramble on and 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 on. And I guess I try to reflect that in Bruce. Now, what about your other character with your script, the other Bruce, the history Bruce, who's telling the tales of our school? Do you think oh, he that's resembles BJ. you? Yeah. Does BJ resemble the real BJ? <laughs> yeah. 
it's an actual, it's a fictional carbon copy of me. Got it. Okay. I was just curious. I got a question for you. You always, in your thing, you said walking dogs is illegal on other planets. So let me ask, why is dogs illegal walking on other planets? Because unlike Earth, where dogs are considered the pets and humans are considered the masters, it's the other way around. Dogs are considered the masters and humans are considered the pets. Oh, that reminds me of something, actually. Have you seen um, Family Guy, season eight, episode one, Road to Multi-Universe? I've not seen that episode, but I have seen Family Guy. Okay, watch that episode because you'll like that. And it, one of the forms is an exact form of that. The dogs were like the humans and then the humans acted like the dogs. It was really cool. That's it just remind me of that. Yeah, check. I think it plus it's different universes. I don't want to spoil it for you. I actually want to I actually want to keep this one from you, but check that episode out, man. You'll like it. These are just for, for some fun. So B, what's like your favorite food or your paradise meal? And why is it your favorite? Favorite food is rice. I love rice. I don't know why I love rice, but I just love it. Okay. And your dessert I know is uh white chocolate. No, sorry, vanilla cake with strawberry icing, right? Well, that's that's my favorite cake, but my I feel like my favorite dessert overall, anything with peanut butter on it. I love peanut butter. And that's the sad part because I can't have it. Yeah, I feel so bad for you, man. Oh, it's, it's okay. You know, I have a replacement. Have you ever heard of soy butter? Yeah, you eat soy butter all the time. That's a replacement. And I've heard it's a lot more, like, chewy, I would say. I or hadn't more, tried it yet. I had to try it, tasty, but. I guess is the way to put it. But, yeah, it's good. It's really good. So now what's your favorite movie or TV show and why do you like it? And you can do both. You can do uh, movie or TV. Favorite movie is hard, but favorite TV show, hands down, will always be Dragon Ball Z. Now, B, I got to ask you, why you love Dragon Ball, man? Because I know you've told me you love it, but I never asked you why. So why do you love it, bro? Uh, I've watched Dragon Ball Z since I was in, I'd say, I, I think I was about in like third or fourth grade when I started watching Dragon Ball Z. And I watched it. It used to be on Cartoon Network, but when I watched it, it was on Nicktoons, a sister channel of Nickelodeon. And it was one of those that you have all these different uh, cartoons for like little kids and how childish they are. And then you have Dragon Ball Z, which you got these big crazy dudes dripping their shirts off and punching each other left and right. And the, when they scream, their hair their hair changes color, and they get stronger. And at the end, they're about as powerful as Ball Planet. So it was breaking the mold for a lot of other kids shows. It stood out amongst the crowd, if you will. Sure, I can see that. And you like that? Did do you think it's like has a lot of action? Yeah. What I, I guess I, what I like most about it is the characters. My favorite character, hands down, is the main character whose name is Goku. Goku, he is. In my opinion, one of the greatest fictional characters ever created. He's a really good role model, I feel like. You can really look up to him. And he's an adult man, but he's also really childish in a way. Because when he was a kid, he lived in isolation. So he doesn't really understand how the world works. But I feel like, I guess I look up to him because a lot of these people, like, they're so invested in the world. But you have Goku here, who he's just walking around waiting for the next fight to occur in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I can help you with the movie. One of our favorite movies that we love, B, is Forrest Gump, don't we? Yes. That is the number one movie of all time. That's my favorite of all time. I'm tied between Forrest Gump and Disney Pixar's Up. Or WALL-E. I love WALL-E as well. Uh, me, here's the, my problem with I didn't get it. Like, it was just like a robot moving around. That's I didn't understand it, really. I need to try it again, maybe. I love Wally so much because it tells a lot about humanity. You know how I'm not going to get into where I'm saying, oh, technology is bad or anything like that. Because I'll admit, technology 
has helped us a lot. It's both. It's helped us a lot, but Wally presents the idea, okay, what happens if we get too invested in technology and we just get to the point where we just stop doing things for ourselves? That this is what happens in Wally. That also presents Wally. He has one purpose and one purpose only, but then he falls in love with this female robot named Eve, and he forgets his one purpose and tries to get with her. And so their love story, I feel like, is one of the most beautiful love stories I've ever seen. I know that sounds corny or something like that, but I just love it. I know it's fine, buddy. I get it. And you know the coolest thing, I, and I told you, I got to meet Ed Asner's son, Matt Asner, and he was a good guy. I liked him. I haven't met Matt Asner, just Ed Asner. So totally different yeah, people. If you met Matt Asner, you would have to call me on here so I could oh, tell I him. That he, I would get you connected. Thanks. I just could tell him that he was in my favorite movie. <laughs> I would help you out with that, bub. Because here's my belief. I always believe that we should share the, our experiences. You know, I, but that's my biggest thing is I wouldn't be here. So I have to give gratitude and I like to share experiences. So that's the reason. But, you know, I was thinking just, do you think you like those like Dragon Ball, Forrest Gump, Up, Wally. Do you like this? Do you think it resembles spina bifida or a disability in any way? Or I guess I could say Forrest Gump would because the main character Forrest, how he acts in his head, you can tell there's something going on with him. But I always really like him because in his entire life, everybody calls him super stupid and all that. But here he is even being the cause of many historical events and all these crazy things happening to him. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I mean, he was a ping pong player in the military. Ha- and what happened in the end? He became a dad. A dad. And I, no yeah. one would have ever expected him to be a dad. He met two presidents, and one of them, he had his pants down to him. Oh, I know that. Now, that's just classical forest for you. And the fun, coolest thing, I always joke around say, if I can meet a movie character, I always joke around and say, Forrest Gump, hands down. I think Forrest and I and you would get along well. I could just see that. I could, for some reason, I could just see that. I, I don't know why, but I could, I could just see that. Now, B, let me ask you, what's your favorite vacation that you have ever taken? And why did you enjoy that vacation very much? Gettysburg, because I'm a history buff. So being in Gettysburg was like being in heaven for me. Gettysburg, what now? I, I don't know. Is it Pennsylvania? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just The need to place make sure. where the Gettysburg Address was held in the Civil War. Oh, yeah. I'm a big history geek, too. My, but here's... My favorite vacation, I still love the D.C. trip. I know you couldn't go, but I wish you would have, man, because that was a blast. I know you went to well, D.C. I was there already. Yeah, I know, but I wish you could have seen what we've seen. But the yeah. Gaysburg, well, let me ask you this then. Why was Gaysburg so cool to you than another place, than other, the other historian places? What stands out for the Gaysburg trip? Just being there because a lot of things at Gaysburg happened, some good, some bad. So I feel like, and with me loving history, I love history more than going to Disney World because I've been to Disney World. I was not really impressed. That's just who I am. But Gettysburg with history, it's always interested me more. And so being somewhere with that was full of rich history really got my attention more. It, it helped stand out to me a lot more. So anything that's rich in history stands out for me. You know, I'm not going to tell you what yet. I'm going to give you a, because I'm really grateful for this and I know you want to, I'll, I'll give you a gift. I got, I got a little present for you. I'll get, I'll give you some, you'll like it. Just, I, I went there and I always think you should go, but I think you should go with your family because I think you enjoy it. It'll be like a good family trip. So I think you should go Uh-oh. there with your family. You'll like it. Trust me. Now, B, let me ask you, what are some of your personal interests and why do you enjoy those? I know some of your personal interests, but you need to tell our listeners if you don't mind. Personal interests are writing, reading, drawing, Dragon Ball Z. Now, why? Let me ask you. Why? Why do you enjoy about them, man? What, Dragon Ball Z or all that stuff? 
all that stuff. Dragon Balls, you kind of answered already, but I guess the other stuff. I like reading and writing and uh, drawing because I can express myself, and that's how I create my stuff, where I sit down and write, and when I draw, I can give a visual context of what I'm creating. When I read, I like to read the Bible a lot, so that helps me in my faith as well. Yeah, I was going to tell you, you know, I know you're a firm believer in Jesus Christ, so let me ask you this. Why do you believe in Jesus? And I'm not trying to get religious talk here. I, I mean, I'm not like firm believer, but I respect people who do that, but I'm always curious. Why is Jesus your Savior, Lord? Because he's helped me a lot in my life. I would definitely say that I had a really personal encounter with him at a young age, because if it wasn't for Jesus, I probably would not have made it throughout my life. And if it were not for Jesus, I definitely would not be who I am today because I would definitely be that kind of person where I'm like, oh, you know, woe is me. What's wrong with me? But I, uh, Jesus inspires me to look past that and to try and change the world for the better because I feel like that's what he wants me to do. B, Jesus is the only person who wants you to do that. I want you to do that. Your family wants you to do that. I'm not, I just want you to know you have a team. You got a team who supports you, buddy. I do, definitely. I'll tell you that right now. And I tell people this. Thanks, man. No problem. Now, B, you made a lot of accomplishments in your life, but what would you say, like, would be your proudest accomplishment you've ever made in your life? Proudest accomplishment? Mm, that's hard. That's really hard. Um, I've done a lot of things. Heck, I ran into President Obama, so I guess that was cool. What about Riley? Would you say that's your proudest accomplishment? I'm just trying to help I've you I've been out. to Gettysburg. What about Riley, buddy? Yes, yes, you're right. For 10 years, my highest donation count was over 5,000 toys, so yeah. Out of everything, that's definitely my proudest accomplishment. Sure. Now, I don't want you to give like a big explanation because I'm going to do an episode on Riley in the future and you'll be back on for that. But can you give us like a brief explanation about Riley? So Riley, it's a hospital. It's a children's hospital in Indianapolis that really excels in their care for children. So I might be biased when I say this, but I don't care because I feel like it's true. Riley's the greatest hospital on this planet and probably always will be. So definitely they're a place that really cares about their patients and will go above and beyond to care for their patients and won't stop until their patients are fully taken care of. And that's good. We, I think we need more hospitals like that because they do go above the limit. I mean, I've looked at their website, and I thought they do all that. Like, holy crap. I'm really impressed with Riley. I, I always nap. Now, these are the – I got a couple more. So, B, what advice would you give to anyone who's had a difficult time with spina bifida? Okay. So, this is the biggest advice I can give. Spit it out, buddy. And I'm being completely say this. I would say just do it. I would say just do it because with me learning through personal experience, if you sit down and focus on all your differences that you have from somebody who doesn't have spina bifida, you will literally get nothing done in your life whatsoever, and you will be forever stuck in this place where you feel like you can't do anything. So if you don't let your disability define you and let that be your identity, then that is how you can excel in do good things so if so my advice is just do it that that is because if you ever get the idea if you want to do something i say who cares if you're a man if you're a woman i don't care what your skin color is i don't care if you got a disability or not i say just go and do it because if you you have a better chance of succeeding if you do it than if you don't do it don't hide in the bubble don't hide in fear fear will consume you if you do not just do it as you say mm -hmm. Just trust me, I know from mm -hmm. experience. Now, the last question mm -hmm. is, what advice would you give to someone who is a friend of someone on the spectrum who's having a difficult time or maybe they don't know if they want to be because they know what might come in the future? I would tell them, even if they have autism and you don't, in the end, you still bleed the same blood. 
and that means you are both human. So I feel like that proves that we're all equal and we should treat each other equal. We should treat each other equal. Everyone needs to be treated fair and respect. We follow the phrase, we're born equal. I don't think we're treated equal half the time. We need the world needs to improve on that more. We've taken steps there, but let's just say we're not, we haven't had the time to bake the pizza in the oven. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, literally, no pun intended there, but. No. <laughs> but you get where I'm going. We haven't, we haven't had the time to put the pizza in the oven. Yeah, that joke is getting crispy. It is getting crispy or crunchy. Well, B, I think that's all for us. Do you have any closing remarks before we head out of here? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to say before we leave? I got to say my catchphrase. God loves you and I love you too. All right. Well, B, thank you so much. You have a great day, buddy. Thank you so much for having me on here. I was really looking forward to this for the past year. Thanks for joining for this episode. Please turn in for another episode coming in very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.